All right, guys, we are back with a short-ish Monday episode again, which I hope will help at least one person out there. So today, I want to cover a topic that I've been contemplating doing an episode on for a while, and that is the things I would tell my past self upon getting into fitness some years ago. And I've always aborted this podcast episode idea earlier on because I was never quite sure as to what I would actually tell my past self that I would feel would actually be helpful. You know, I see a lot of other bloggers and YouTubers put out videos and content on this topic and they always say things like, I wish I had known to prioritize heavy compound lifts and things like that. But I've always felt that for me, the biggest pieces of advice would not be the concrete action steps like what exercises to do or what rep ranges to pick. I mean, sure, there are a few things which I think would have been legit game changers. And had I known these, I probably would have gotten where I am in half the time. And such things would be accepting the reality of energy balance a bit earlier on and giving up the idea of some magical refeed protocols that would allow me to trick my body into some fat burning mode by massively overeating on the weekends or being familiar with the quantification of volume as heart sets um, that probably would have prevented me from doing all kinds of ridiculous calculations or the relationship between progressive overload and muscle growth which i think 99% of the intellectual type training crowd has backwards and i sure as hell had it backwards up until relatively recently and that would have prevented me from doing some stuff in the gym that put me at needless risk. Often, it also probably would have served me well to commit to gaining and cutting phases a bit more diligently in the first half of my journey, at least. I think that uh, would have prevented me from wishy-washing in the middle for many months and ultimately spending the first two years of my fitness journey effectively on an unsuccessful fat loss diet, which eventually did become successful in the final eight weeks or so. And I did get to my goal, but still spending two years perpetually dieting was probably not needed and it probably didn't help my relationship with food either. But to be quite honest, I don't think that purely knowing all these things would have helped me or would have saved me from doing a ton of dumb shit. Because truth to be told, I was an obsessed kid with a lot of compulsive tendencies. And many times what dictated my decisions about training and diet were my emotions and my psychological needs. And looking back, yes, I did a lot of stuff out of ignorance, but not all the dumb stuff were driven by my ignorance. Because some of the stuff which I knew to be correct, I did not do. And I did do some things at least, despite deep down knowing that it was probably not the best use of my time. And I think this applies to many trainees at some point. Like, I don't think that most of these guys, which there are plenty of who now have great physiques and will tell you that they could have gotten where they got in three years as opposed to seven had they not been fucking around so much doing silly things. I don't think that their issue was purely a lack of knowledge, but rather, I think that for many guys, it comes down to the fact that the pain of not seeing the fruits of your labor needs to surpass a certain threshold before you actually become ready to face the reality that you need to fundamentally change your mode of operation. And that's why there are some bros who will develop some pretty amazing physiques doing things 
pretty suboptimally based on what we know to be probably true, and they will never change anything. And it's because progress comes so easily for them that they never get motivated to revamp anything. As an example, when I read Berge's Facebook post about volume and the idea that you may want to reconsider how much work you really need in the gym, that turned out to be a pivotal moment for me looking back because it served as a wake-up call for me to actually taking an honest look at myself and what I've been doing in the gym leading up to that moment. And when I saw that post, I had to go, okay, man, let's get real with yourself. What have you been doing in the past few months and what did you get out of it? But if I read that post, say, two years before that, I would have been like scrolling through Facebook. Okay, some guy talks about volume here. Okay, cool. Scroll further. Oh, some funny meme. This looks interesting. So I'm just skeptical that simply knowing the concepts about training and nutrition that I now know, or at least strongly believe to be true, would have been enough to change my course of progress in fitness. However, there are four things that I've been able to identify that could have been some massive game changers. And if I could go back with a time machine, I sure as hell would provide myself with these things. And that's what I'd like to talk about in this episode. And two of these things are more practical things, and two of them are some mindset-related stuff. So the first thing I wish someone would have done for me at the time is simply to direct me to the evidence-based fitness community and frankly to the people that I have interviewed on my channel so far. Now, some of these people were probably just not around at the time or at least not to the same capacity as they are now. But the point is that at the time, I was going to consume a ton of information no matter what. And I would have been a world champion mental masturbator no matter what. This was just a given for my age at the time, and it was a given for my personality and inclinations at the time, and I don't think anything could have changed that. So one thing that would have been great, at least, if I could have just spent all of that self-education and excessive thinking in a way so that I didn't actively make myself worse off in the process because a lot of the material that I consumed at the time would have to fall into that category of them making me actively worse in the process. And this probably would warrant a separate episode by itself, but I consumed some of the worst of the worst information out there. And if I once do an episode on the top five most ridiculous things I did in fitness, that will make for a pretty entertaining episode, I think. So that would be the number one thing, simply finding the right people to follow. The next thing would have been sort of in a similar vein, once I found my way to the right fitness circles, is to get a coach. Because even with the right information and community at hand, I still don't think I would have had the proper degree of analytical thinking, patience, and calmness that would have been required to actually work my way through all that information distill what's most relevant for myself, understand some of the nuances and caveats, and simply realize that ultimately I will have to find what works for me. And I think that a fitness professional who I would have known had the knowledge and experience really could have saved me from endless hours of second-guessing myself, program hopping and diet hopping, bouncing in and out of deficits and surpluses, and ultimately wheel spinning which is exactly why I did seek coaching ultimately 
as some of you probably know, I've had a long-term client-coach relationship with Birke Fagerli. And when I was seeking the help of a coach, that was actually not during the time period of my life when I didn't have the knowledge. In fact, looking back, I knew a pretty reasonable amount already, but I was simply too impulsive to do what I knew to be the right thing. Which brings me to the two mindsets that I would have given to myself, and I really think those could have been some game changers for me. Because while I was pretty bad at calming myself down and doing the simple things that I knew were probably right, I was always open to ideas and embracing certain ways of thinking about things. So I think if somebody would have opened my eyes to these two ideas, I think even if right away I wouldn't have put them into practice, because realistically, I don't think I would have. I think having them in the back of my mind really would have alleviated a lot of the anxieties and undue stress I've undergone throughout my journey. So the first mindset I would have wanted to internalize is that the grass is always going to be greener somewhere else, and you will never know for sure if what you're currently doing is the best you could be doing. So To expand upon this, we all know that program hopping where you start out on a training program and after one or two weeks you jump on something else and never actually settle on something and try to progress gradually is a big issue. And anecdotally, the people who do this make considerably worse progress than those that stay consistent. And certainly, this has been one thing that set me back a lot over the years. And it would be easy for me to say that One thing I would tell my previous self would be to not program hop. But again, it's hypocritical in many ways and not very helpful. If anything, because much of my program hopping was done whilst knowing that program hopping is something to be avoided. So in many ways, me saying that one thing I would tell my past self is to not program hop is like a once obese, now lean person saying that, I would tell my past self to eat less calories. It's like, really, dude, amazing insights. So the better question is, why did I program hop? Or rather, why do people program hop in general? And the answer for the most part is because of the promise of making better progress on some other training program and because of the fear that what they're currently doing is not the best use of their time. And what I would tell my past self and what I think would really help that guy fight his impulses a bit better is saying that, look, dude, five or six years from now, you will know a lot more about training. You will understand a lot about the science of how to construct a good training program. You will have a lot more experience. You will have been mentored by some of the best in the industry. But still, there will always be doubt in your head and the promise of some other training program potentially working even better will always tempt you to some degree. And you will never know 100% sure that what you're doing is the best you could be doing. There will always be another logical argument from a smart expert you respect on why what you're currently doing is not the best you could be doing. And even if you're making excellent progress, you will never be absolutely certain if things could not be even better. You will never know if doing two more sets of flies per week could not make your chest grow a bit better or if changing your rep range on your pulldowns would not make your back grow a bit better. And for all you know, changing these variables could grant you a bit better progress or a bit worse progress. This is just the nature of the field. Fitness is just like this. 
We don't have definite answers on a lot of things. We don't have enough high quality studies. And the ones we do have are often subject to individual interpretation. So many times there are just no black and white answers like there are in physics or mathematics. So at some point, you gotta put your faith in your knowledge, experience, or the knowledge and experience of someone else who is advising you or is coaching you. And simply let your progress dictate what you should do next. And I think hearing this would really have helped me understand that the notion of program hopping being bad, and then the idea that what I'm currently doing might not be the best I could be doing, are not mutually exclusive to one another. And even though the temptation to abandon my protocols in the promise of something better still would have been there, maybe I would have been able to keep these impulses under my control a bit more. So that would be the first mindset I would want my past self to internalize. And then the final thing I would have told myself is your fitness journey and whatever goals you will set for yourself are going to take too long for you to aim for perfection at all times and to make yourself miserable in the process. And I guess another addendum there would be to just ask yourself every once in a while whether you are miserable. And you can interpret this piece of advice both on a micro and macro level. On a micro level, it could mean that if you want to do, say, a four-week mini-cut, which mini-cutting is one of the shortest term things you can pursue in fitness, which can still give you some meaningful results. But if you want to embark on something really extreme to get the best results possible, you might be able to endorse some pretty crazy stuff for a short while. But in practice, even four weeks is a bit too long to make yourself completely miserable. So making small compromises, letting life happen here and there, letting other things like your relationships take the front seat here and there should probably still happen even in something as short-term and temporary as a brief mini-cut. And when it comes to other things like building muscle, that stuff just takes too long for you to want to adhere to your diet 100% all the time. Get in all your training sessions at the times you want to get them in. Don't go to travel so that you can adhere to your diet and training regimen as planned. Never eat out, etc. And then on a macro level, building the body you want will take at the very least three or four years. And shooting to be perfect throughout that entire period and trying to live your life in a vacuum so that you're protected from any kind of distractions or interruption that could temporarily mess with your progress will inevitably set you up for falling off the wagon because your approach is just unsustainable. Or in the unlikely scenario that you can remain perfect throughout that entire period, odds are that you will look back at your journey with regret and potentially with not a lot of people around you to share your success with. And beyond that, no matter how far you get in your development and how impressive of a body you will build, you will never be satisfied with where you've gotten and there will always be another goal you can pursue. So the idea that I'll live my life in a vacuum for this period and once I'm there, I'll be more flexible is just self-delusion. If you only plan to be rigid while you're cutting and you plan to be flexible once you're bulking, you will then have another reason to be rigid because now you're lean bulking and you don't want to gain fat too quickly. And once you successfully finished your lean bulk, you'll have a new reason to be rigid because now you're mini cutting again. 
And if you eventually get to your dream body, you will probably set another goal, which will be yet another reason to try to live your life in a vacuum. So just accept that this is a lifestyle and something that will be with you for, I mean, ideally for the rest of your life. So don't try to aim for perfection because this stuff is simply going to take too long to give yourself no rooms for error. So that was the final thing. And these would be the four things I wish I could help my past self out with. And I think ultimately they would help me a lot better than just going back with a time machine and giving myself the best training split that I now think would have worked the best for me at the time. So that would be it for today. I hope you found this interesting or informative or fun or one of these things at least. And with that, see you next time.